There's new blood in the AFC as Brady, Belichick, and the Patriots have been eliminated from the playoffs. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings have stunned the Saints, while Deshaun Watson put on a goddamn magic show in NRG Stadium. Are you ready to recap the wildcard weekend, Chess? Yes! The NFL playoffs have begun and the wildcard weekend is in the books. Zach Miller here with you, joined as always by Charlie King. Chaz, it was everything that they wanted it to be. It was wild. It was wild. Every game had its pros. Uh, Bills, Texans, OT. Couldn't have asked for a better finish. Booger, Tessator, they were oh, all flying. They were gold. Titans, Pats, a high-scoring affair, 14-13. But an intense game, nonetheless. Absolutely. Had massive implications. Uh, the Seahawks game, a little bit uh, underperforming, but we did kind of expect that against, against Philly. And then, uh, of course, the other game, Vikings-Saints, <laughs> which I will be covering in depth. Don't get too excited by uh, that, that one preamble. Could not have slipped uh, the mind. Kirk Cousins just shaking off all the doubters and going straight to Canton well, with that throw to Thielen. Absolutely. It was beautiful. And we'll get to it all, but let's start where you started, Buffalo at Houston, because this is what might have turned out to be game of the week. Watson pressure off the edge. Watson survives it and then checks down to Jones. Jones inside the 40, inside the 30, inside the 20, to the 10-yard line. Taiwan Jones to Sean Watson. Magical. 34 yards. They bring the blitz on the outside, and he is dead to right. But the guy that Dabo Sweeney said was the closest thing he's seen to Michael Jordan. He put the S on his chest, and he got out and made an unbelievable throw. Two men running full speed, ran into him at the same time, and he stood up to it and came up with what is the play of the game. That's right, Joe. It was the play of the game, and just about sealed it. Well, completely sealed it because they kicked the field goal after that with Kawami Fairbarn. Jazz Houston delivered a come-from-behind victory that might have saved the job of Bill O'Brien, the GM, and maybe Bill O'Brien, the coach. The Bills got out to a strong 16-0 lead, but conservative football and some terrible Josh Allen play allowed Deshaun Watson and the Texans to get a sniff. Josh Allen's play continued to deteriorate throughout the second half, looking like a stunned mullet as the Houston D started to unload. But of course... It's all about the big man, Deshaun Watson. He spun out of a would-be sack and coolly completed the pass that would set up the winning field goal. And the Houston Texans rally from that 16-point down lead uh, to a 22-19 victory. Exciting stuff for the fans of Houston who have had some Exciting mediocrity the over the... With, with ESPN coverage more. <laughs> damn straight. Yeah. Joe and Booger, they, they had some gold through the game. Uh, yes, a, an absolute nail biter in Houston. The first half, Josh Allen playing outstanding football, probably some of the best football of his career. Uh, the Texans couldn't get anything going down 16 to zip. 
Uh, the offense was struggling, but as Booger so eloquently put it, Bill O'Brien said we need to make some adjustments. We need to get Deshaun and DeAndre, our two best players in offense, involved. And that's exactly what Bill did. And he started throwing the ball to Hopkins, per Booger's comments. And this offense just got <laughs> rolling. And luckily the Bills shut the bed in the second half, putting up three points, going into overtime to finish the game. Uh, and Josh Allen just making some boneheaded plays, including taking most. I think he took a couple of 30-yard sacks at some points. Yeah. In critical moments. It was horrific. Uh, maybe the the pinnacle of this was his decision to lateral mm. while trying to pick up a first down. I've got that for you here. Right now, Josh Allen has to come up with something. Allen, no timeouts as he runs. And he does so well all the way up to midfield. He laterals the ball. The ball is then batted out of bounds by Dawson Knox. What was so promising only two plays ago has become a nightmare for Buffalo. You're bloody not wrong there, Joe, because let me run through the final two minutes of the game. Chaz, uh, the Bills go for it on fourth and 27. Now, this was a curious decision because they had three timeouts remaining anyway. Fourth and 27 is a tough spot to be. Mm. You'd think, That's not ideal. You'd think you'd punt it. Even playing Madden, I would, you would concede. Fourth and 27. Maybe 35, but 27. <laughs> 27, you're still within range of a four vertical. Yeah, well, I <laughs> the way that um, <laughs> Josh Allen was playing, I don't think they should have gone for it on yeah. fourth and one. But they go for it. He then takes a sack on fourth and 27, almost putting the Texans into mm. field goal range. It was outrageous. Then the Texans failed to pick up the first down. They had fourth and one. QB sneak didn't get it over. And then, of course, Allen's lateral to no one. It was just, it was insane. They then kick a field goal, fortunately. Stephen Hauschka to make it a 19-19 game. game. The first ever in regulation in a wild card game. Very exciting there from Joe. Uh, and I mean, we could go on about the highlights of uh, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and the whole Houston Texans oh, offense. But I, I want to hone in on Booger McFarlane because mm. he's been getting a lot of flack lately. A lot of people uh, have been coming and, down uh, on unwarranted. him. Unwarranted. Oh, I think so too. I think he mm. had some great points. Uh, one of the first ones I heard was um, uh, there was a time that he specified that the Texans should try and avoid allowing a touchdown on a play where the Bills were trying to score a game-winning touchdown. I think that's great analysis. Yeah. That's very true. I had a couple of other ones. Uh, Let me see if this one rings any bells. Got to go for two right now. No doubt. Because going for two would make it 19 to 16, a three-point game. Thank you, Booger. Exactly. He's he's not wrong. No, and many of us don't have calculators on hand, so we need that kind of insight, and he put it in perspective. He also had some good analysis for uh, what you should do in certain goal line situations. Mm. Obviously, the, the Bills... Uh, we're in some tough spots. They're in a third and 10. Booger had some ideas. I tell you what, if I'm Sean McDermott at this point, you almost just run a quick draw play, get a few yards, spike it. Third and 10. <laughs> <laughs> I like, even Joe there's like, third and 10. Even I know that's wrong. Third uh, and 10. Of course, if you were to run a draw play and then spike it, uh, you would effectively end it would the be game fourth down. in that situation. Uh, turn the ball uh, over on downs and end the game. But, yeah. you know, Booger, he's, he's out here, Chaz. 
He's yeah. just trying to make things work. Yeah, he is. It's not and easy. He was a big fan of Josh Allen's poise throughout the game. Love uh, the poise. Really making some key throws when he needed to. Uh, you know, I, I, he has this. He, he regularly mentioned the heat Josh Allen was getting, and for him to come out and do this, and I, <laughs> and I think he literally did the lateral the next play. <laughs> and, I'm like this. He said, you, kid. Want, "You want the ball in Josh Allen's hands? <laughs> There's no one else I would trust more." Lateral, but it was. It was incredible. Uh, the Texans, I think, overall, the Bills did play a good game. The Deshaun Watson, some of those freak plays, just really sums up his career. The kind of player he is, he can overcome that shit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, get, leave two linebackers in his way, can throw a ball, you know, to, to the running back and, you know, the 40-yard play. Uh, I do think the Texans are the better team and should advance. I'm happy with this result. I think they'll put up a better fight against the Chiefs and the Bills. Okay. Uh, and it doesn't feel right. We said this in the car. It doesn't feel right for the Bills to be any further than they did. You know, it felt fine for the wild card, but this is a divisional now. We're not, we're not, come on, we're not, you know. Well, we're I, taking it I agree, because I feel like the Bills are a year ahead of schedule anyway. I mm. think they had a great season. I think they can build off this. A lot of people wondering, is Josh Build's Allen the answer at yeah. uh, quarterback going forward? There should be some question marks now that he performed this way. But I don't know if you remember last year, Houston were in a similar spot. They lost 7-21 to 21 to the Colts in the wild card round, and people were wondering the same thing about Deshaun Watson. Mm. So, uh, look, it's his first playoff game. He was always going to be a project, and he played all right. He's just showed some terrible lapses in judgment, yep. but I'm, I'm still confident that the Bills can find some success with Josh Allen I think they year. can. I think they can win a divisional in the next decade for sure. I think there's a lot of upside. I think Singletary can play. That's um, uh, That receiver a they got, John Brown. A decade's uh, asking a lot. They have, actually haven't won a playoff game since 95. Okay, well, maybe have... maybe a wild card. If they can win a wild card by 2030, I think Sean McDermott would be hanging around. Uh, they may build a statue for him. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think there'll be a couple of blocks because this team are just never meant to be there. It's hilarious. I want them to be there. I know, but there'll be a wild card staple for quite a while. They, I think a wild card's a great result for him, to be honest. They, maybe they are the next... Houston Texans, Chiefs, Cincinnati Colts, Bengals, era, Pittsburgh, yeah, Steelers, Bengals, wild card, wild card match. specialist. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, nice little tune up for the Chiefs. Uh, and yeah, Deshaun, you know, you do like this team. You think they're pesky. I don't really believe in them that much. They beat the Bills. They didn't do much in the regular season to show me much. Yes, they beat the Patriots, but the Patriots were pretty much trash at that point. Everyone beats the Patriots. Uh, so I think going to Kansas City, even though Andy Reid shits the bed when it matters most. It's going to be a tall order. Yeah. And when you go into Arrowhead, I mean, mm. you're going to be an underdog. They are a nine-point underdog at this Oof. point, I believe. And I think that's right. Houston are a team that if have demonstrated. If is healthy, that'll go down to five. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've demonstrated a, <laughs> an ability to have a pretty high ceiling, but a very low floor. Their yeah. highs are high, but their lows are just goddamn awful. Now, I think this playoff victory has definitely saved Bill O'Brien's gig. I think there were some questions because obviously they invested so much into this season, the trades they made and the decisions they've made. Yeah. Getting rid of Clowney, bringing in offensive tackles, all that kind of gear. Mm. But uh, look, it's going to be an exciting game in Arrowhead, and I think the Chiefs should uh, still dominate despite this win. Yeah. They didn't need Clowney making any late hits. Let's just say that for the win. <laughs> well, they could use Clowney to take out Deshaun Watson. We'll get to that. But let's move to the NFC where New Orleans hosted Minnesota. Cousins throws. Passes caught for the win. Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are moving on. Absolute stunned silence here. 
Joe Buck there from Fox with the call. <laughs> it was Kyle Rudolph for the walk-off touchdown. It was the highly underrated, highly scrutinized Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings traveling to New Orleans to take on Breeze and the Saints. They emerged victorious 26-20 in an overtime nail-biter. The Saints continue their winning ways of crushing their fans in one-score games late. Of course, there was a pair at the end. Bit of scrutiny around that. Drew Brees looked 40-plus on a few plays, and Kirk Cousins made a throw that could send him straight to Canton. Hello. And the Vikings advance and will face the 49ers next week, <laughs> while the Saints are left to Christian Ponder. Another ah. devastating loss. Oh, Chaz. Very strong. I went with the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. The Niners. Um, they're the closest thing to Oakland now. Yeah. Chaz, this was a primetime game. The quarterback was Kirk Cousins, and he delivered, shaking off a lot of the stigma. Well, I mean, he might have been the best quarterback on the field, but only had a couple of throws. Uh, Kirk Cousins gets the win in overtime. Saints don't even see the ball. As you said, another devastating victory, the third in as many years. And questions have got to be asked, buddy. I mean, Drew Brees, uh, he looked every bit of 40 years old in this game. He looks sussed. I want to start with the Vikes. I mean, Dalvin Cook was massive in this game. Derek Henry-esque, similar to the Titans' Pats performance. He had almost 100 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Gave Cousins a safety blanket early. Uh, They weren't getting too much going in the passing game. Thielen made a couple of nice plays on second and third downs when they needed him. Mm -hmm. I think Thielen was one of the big factors in this game. But Kirk made some plays when he needed to as well. Uh, Vi- the Vikings team made a couple of nice stops when they had to. Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, I like them both. Uh, and the Saints side of the ball, I mean, outside of Taysom Hill, the rushing, receiving, and throwing <laughs> sensation. They couldn't really get key players going. I mean, Michael Thomas had 70 yards receiving, which astonishingly is a quiet night for him. Very quiet, to right? be honest. Xavier yeah. Rhodes on him, that's a hell of a performance from him. And then you had Alvin Kamara having 21 yards on the ground. He did have a rushing touchdown. Latavius Murray had 20 yards. They had no real running game. And it was, they were down 20 to 10 you know, early in the fourth. It wasn't really until a big Taysom Hill run and that receiving touchdown that kind of kept him in it. So mm. I think the scoreboard kind of deceives people in that it was that close in the regular time period. But the Saints offense just didn't look the same as they had the previous four weeks. They're averaging 40 points a game. And, you know, the Vikes kind of made a few little mistakes to keep the Saints in. I think Darwin Cook had a fumble late and that set up the Saints touchdown. But then in overtime, as soon as Kirk Cousins wins the toss, you're walking off the field. You know it's over. You know. You know. He loves it when the lights are brightest. <laughs> you know, you can pretty much cancel Christmas. So for them to go down the field like they did, third and goal was a ballsy call going on a, on a, on a kind of a, a fade. I tight guess they were, at, they were Yeah, they were tight end fade to Carl, uh, Red Nose Rudolph. It was an incredible, incredible catch and play by him. It almost seemed a little bit too easy, though. In overtime, like he just popped it up and Rudolph caught it, and then Joe Buck was like, "And it's caught. That's game." Well, uh, people were looking for the pass interference. There yeah, was a bit I of think it was a bit I, soft I, in real time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have paid it. No, I thought it was fair. I think that's what you do. Like you, mm. you know, jostling for the football, and mm. I don't know if the defender was even tracking the ball. He was just uh, trying to shut down. Kyle Rudolph, but as you say, Chaz, I totally agree. This felt like the Vikings game from start to finish, and there mm. was a, a real emphasis on the defense to take out the short to eat of intermediate routes uh, mm-hmm. of the Saints, and that's where their bread and butter is. Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara coming out the side, uh, Michael Thomas coming across. When you can limit Drew Brees to that area, I mean, he just can't sling it downfield anymore, no, and that's why can't. you bring in Taysom Hill 
to hit that 48-yard bomb just before that classic Troy yeah, Aikman Tra-Con line. Smith, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't trust any player that doesn't have Drew Brees on the field. Uh, then Taysom uh, pulls off some magic. And, I mean, he's got a cannon. Like, uh, he's oh, yeah. only he's, 30. Uh, he's an get incredible, him in the game. incredible player, Taysom should, Hill. Should have definitely had some more yeah. taste of the uh, of the footy. But um, to the Vikings, I think what really worked for them, and it's the first time they've had it in a couple of months, is a healthy Adam Thielen. Yeah. When you've got Kirk Cousins' safety blanket out there and you've got Diggs to stretch the field. Despite Diggs to what, literally be a decoy. Yeah, despite what Diggs would have you, you know, would yeah. make would want you to think, uh, they had a great aerial attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw him on the sideline bitching and moaning and complaining despite the fact that they won. He wanted more of the pill. I can't see how they keep him. Okay. He's a nightmare. He's, I wouldn't he's, want he's, him. He's just a virus. He's talented, but it's like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. Fuck. You got the win. You're in the division. Yeah. Relax. Um, and yeah, I, I think, think it's great for Kirk Cousins. Look, we've we've taken the Mickey out of him on this show, but that it, video in the locker room was was something else. I tell you what. Hey, that's how we've won all year, team, right? Yes, sir, Fuck, right? You held him to twenty points, man. Yes, you sir. gave us a chance at the end. I got three words for you. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> the the screech at the end it makes you it like all. That? You like that? I actually love that. Yeah, I, I love, love that. I, I love how much the lights got around him. It's such a movie vibe. It I don't is. know. I felt like I was watching Remember the Titans. Oh, I don't know. Totally. Yeah. I Yeah, it was an amazing moment. I'm actually kind of happy for Kirk because he takes a lot of criticism, some fair, some unfair, yeah. and uh, to see the boys in the locker room getting around him like that, to have his definitive playoff moment, I, I think it shakes off all that can't get it a, does. Can't get a prime time. It shakes win. off the eighty-four million dollar deal and yeah. all the scrutiny involved. Totally. I think they extend him. Um, we'll see what happens there with the contract. But it was a fantastic throw to Thielen, an unbelievable catch by Thielen as well in that pressure cooker moment. Oh. I mean, really, like over his back. Was it left or right? But it was. It was a sensational play, and it's it's exciting for this team. I think the Saints again. If you're a Saints fan, how many times have you seen this? Taking it right down to the wire and then just crushing them at the end. It's, God, it must be taxing. It's horrific. I mean, with this talent on this team and this defense playing kind of well throughout the whole year, you this, know, this, was, this, really, this really seemed like their year. Uh, I mean, I hate to rub it in any further to Saints fans, but uh, over the past couple of years, they, they've mm. been through so much. They G themselves back up. They look like one of the best teams in football, particularly at the end of the year. Uh, maybe one of the factors, Chaz, is. Obviously, not getting the buy is huge, but playing week 17 hard with all your starters in, thinking that you might have a chance at a buy, getting a win, but then having to play in the wild card anyway. While the Vikings mm. basically threw the game mm. to the Chicago Bears, didn't rest at all their starters, and got to plan yeah. for an extra week. It's uh, that's the thing. It's insane. I think that might be the difference in this game when you when you look at uh, when you look at how yeah, the seating. So, so they've fell. had the Minneapolis miracle, then the Rams lost with the PI, and now this. Three years straight, just devastating. You got to wonder. Uh, you wonder. You wonder. You, you go. No. Well, I was gonna say, do you gonna run it Sean back? Payton. Do you run it back? Well, it's a similar line mm. of thinking. Obviously, I think Sean Payton's a great coach. Uh, he's had some unlucky calls, but you know, this is a pattern over the last decade since the Super Bowl win. I mean, how mm. much playoff success have they really had? Yeah, really. I mean, I can't I mean, really a- recall NFC Championship. You know, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. they made it there, but still. Mm. Um, just with that amount of talent, with Drew Brees, I don't know. Do you run it back again next year, Charlie? You got I think, a 41 I think year old there quarterback. Is, I think there's still enough there. I don't know. I see a little bit more. 
I don't know, a little bit more of a vibe than I do see in New England right now, and that's my only point of comparison. Okay. But I think Breeze still has enough. I think this team has enough. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Their running game just seems a little suspect. I don't know, but I would I, I would not be surprised. I'd be surprised if Drew Brees is done next year or he's playing somewhere else. Of course, the Vikings next week take on the San Francisco 49ers mm. at the Bell Bottom Levi Stadium. Uh, do you give these That'll be pesky, on NBC. pesky Vikings a chance, Chaz? A chance to talk to them. Um, do I give the Vikings a chance? You've kind of swayed me the last couple of days with all this Vikings chat. I really thought coming out of New Orleans that they wouldn't stand a chance. I love the 49ers. I love everything about them in San Fran with the rest. But there's a little bit of hype and a little bit of excitement around this Vikes team. A little bit of, we don't give a shit. Bit of self-belief. Yeah, Kirk Cousins has now got that monkey off the back in New Orleans. Dalvin Cook's a beast. The defense is still late. They can definitely cause some troubles. And Jimmy G, playoffs now. We're talking a different beast, okay? I would not be surprised to see a little few shaky throws, little things go their way. It could be close. I agree. I mean, the, the, for, for a lot of the San Francisco team, this is going to be their first playoff game. Mm. Apart from Richard Sherman or Jimmy G holding a clipboard behind Tom Brady. Hey, Joe Staley. Oh, yeah. He's a veteran. It's probably his 20th playoff game. No shit. Joe's, yeah. been, Joe's been in it. Mm. Joe's been to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for much of the, it's pretty the much remainder the rest. of the team, yep, everyone else, <laughs> this is going to be a new experience. So, yeah. look, I'm excited to to see this matchup. I actually think that they might be the two best remaining teams in the NFC. Oh, come on. But, uh, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> kidding. Let's get to the other team in the, the NFC. Frozen Tundra. And that was uh, the Seattle Seahawks who went to the link to take on Philadelphia. Wilson. Deep downfield, getting free and open and making the grab. This Metcalf in for the touchdown. Goes down, gets up, and takes it into the end zone. You just cannot keep up with the speed of DK Metcalf. You knew eventually Russell Wilson was going to take his shot. Uh, he's not wrong there, Chaz. The Wounded Eagles hosted the Seattle Seahawks in an unlikely playoff berth, only to see their quarterback and hero, Carson Wentz, be ruled out of the first quarter due to a dirty, dirty hit causing a concussion. Things didn't get much better there for the Eagles as Josh McCown and the rest of the Philadelphia practice squad failed to generate red zone offense against Pete Carroll's birds, falling just as they did in the regular season, 9-17. to Seattle, on the other hand, well, they had a huge day through the air as the much maligned Eagles secondary could not keep up with rookie DK Metcalf. He exploded, Chaz, on his postseason debut for 160 yards, a touchdown, and the game ending 40-yard bomb from Russell Wilson. Chaz, it was much how we expected this game to go. It was sluggish. There were injuries on both sides. Uh, But unfortunately, I feel like we didn't get to see what this game really could have been without Carson Wentz. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And to see Wentz go down so early to an absolute thug, Pathetic move from Jadavian Clowney. The play was well and truly over. The knee was down. He comes in the back of the neck. I mean, it's just uncalled for. He's going to get a fine. I said this the other day. He's not going to get a game off. No. It's bullshit. They lock in the win. They go on a Lambo. He'll pop a little fine. It's a drop in the ocean for Jadavian. I thought it was bullshit. Uh, Josh McCown, I thought he played pretty well. He threw 75% of his passes, 174 yards. He looked okay. I mean, he had them on a drive at the end to actually tie the game. Uh, yeah, he I actually believe. moved the ball down the field pretty well, as yeah. you say, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, they 
unfortunately, just couldn't convert in the red zone. They got mm. there two or three times, mm. which is crazy to think. But on those fourth and four, fourth and sevens, uh, couldn't find Miles Sanders, dropped the ball, looking in the end zone for other plays. They just weren't there. Uh, I mean, McCown, the bloke's 40 years old. He's been in the league almost 20 years. He threw Larry Fitzgerald his first touchdown. Holy it's Larry shit. Fitzgerald's first touchdown. He's the Vince Carter of the NFL. He handed off Emmett Smith's last touchdown. That's he threw how... a screen pass to Walter Payton. <laughs> he may as well have. He's been around he for so long. played under Mike Ditka. I don't know if you saw, uh, Josh McCown was playing like he was Lamar Jackson at some points in the game. He was trying to escape pressure, but he moved yeah. like Dick Vermeil. The way he was moving, he had number 18. I thought it was D-Jax back there. He uh, was looking good. He was looking agile. He was making some plays. A tall, white, A tall, white D-Jax with the wrong number. But credit to Philly. I'm not even taking the piss. They lost by eight points with their starting QB out pretty much on the first drive. You held this team. Just, I mean, I know Seattle's offense isn't exactly high-powered, but it's still a good team in Russell Wilson. Held mm. them to 17 points. Uh, obviously, Russ, in, in this vintage bullshit Russ form, just makes these stupid plays when he needs to. He spins outside. It's a definite sack. He throws to DK Metcalf. And he had the game of his life. But uh, coming out of this game, being a Packers fan, I'm not worried about the Seahawks. And the way this team looked, I'm not worried at all. Coming to Lambeau in the snow, good luck to you. <laughs> well, I actually agree with you, despite mm. you know, the uh, unbelievable the, arrogance. The arrogance, I do, because in Green Bay, you're going to have to be able to run the ball. Mm. Well, it, it feels like that anyway, in those conditions. And that's one thing Seattle couldn't do in the link. Uh, obviously, Marshawn Lynch's return to Seattle yeah, what's was he doing? much hyped, but... Between him and uh, another guy called Homer, uh, they Oof. had 19 yards from 18 carries, Chaz. Mm. Uh, for mine, not great. Lynch did get a touchdown, and it was vintage Lynch shaking off a couple of tackles and diving in. But Five yards! Apart from that, uh, most of their offense came from Russell Wilson, either throwing it or running. So if, mm. if the Green Bay D, which has been up and down through the season, but is on the upward trend. Be on. Can be on. Definitely. With rest, Mr. if Mr. and Mrs. Smith get going, well, Zadarius is playing Zadarius out of this world, and uh, that and that, see, and that secondary with Tremont Williams, you know, <laughs> in his forty fifth year, if that if they can contain the Seattle passing attack, yeah, it's a lot of pressure on the Seattle ground game. Marshawn Lynch, this hysteria, he gets off one tackle and everyone on Instagrams beast mode and throws skittles on the field. Just give it a rest. He had seven yards against Philly. Okay, came off. Let's the, just park it. He came off, off the catch. Off the lyrics, catch. Yeah. All Come right. On. Okay. He was watching these games like us. He was. He was. Like you said the other day, this is a pretty much a cut Raiders team. Every player they have is just scraps from Oakland. <laughs> and there's no way you get scraps from Oakland. It just doesn't Absolutely. happen. That's the end of the line. Wait, who was the other one who was the scrap from Oakland? Uh, you know. Oh, uh, Luke Wilson. Uh, Luke Wilson. Yeah. I mean, it's a card to hard knocks. It's just surprising Antonio Brown hasn't snuck onto the scene. But but I will not be surprised again if I text you at 2.30 saying, and me saying I, I wanted a 49ers. Seattle Seahawks NFC title. Uh, <laughs> I think that's good for the fans. I think that's what we want to see. We want to see a team play each other three times in one year. I think it's going to be a great NFC game. That's whatever it wants to see. <laughs> Funnily enough, Seattle has the chance to host the NFC championship game oh, if the Vikings on. come through. If Kirk pulls it out, uh, which that be, one seed. The, old, the, the fifth seed hosting uh, a championship God. game. I don't know if that's ever happened. We'll have to run that through Could NFL you imagine history stats. A, do you think the shittest... NFC title game potential is is Vikings Packers. Yes. I think it is. 
Yes. Yeah, by Despite it being a divisional in, rivalry. In Lambo. In Lambo. That is the data game. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and, and especially Get if, us directly to Miami. If that is if they're coming to town. Especially if Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers win like 15, 15. to 12. <laughs> yeah, six. Um, ah, I'd love to say it. There's a real there's a real chance of that. But for for the Eagles, yeah, look, for Philly, what, what are your thoughts moving into uh twenty twenty? Uh look, uh, not much you can take away from the game. And yeah. um, you can look at the season and say there were definitely some highlights. Uh, the receiver group needs to be addressed, despite the fact that receivers uh, one, two, and three were all out for the game. Uh, the right side of the offensive line was out for the game. At tight end, Zach Ertz was playing with a lacerated kidney. Uh, I still think the the receiver core needs to be improved. Alshon Jeffries looked like an old man for the whole year. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson is done. an old man. Nelson Aguilar, I believe, will not be re-signed. So interesting to see what they yeah. do there. But look, Great end to the season. Got four straight wins. Won the division. Uh, Carson Wentz. I think everyone's got a lot of confidence in him now, and would just love to see him have a true playoff berth true. next year. I agree. I agree. Really saddening for him to get obviously go down so early, considering how far he's come back, even with Foles in that year winning the Super Bowl. I think if Philly can get a few decent receivers, they'll be fine. The running game, I like Miles Sanders. Miles I love. Sanders showed, showed I love Boston Scott. I like the tight end core and Goddard and Ertz. I think Goddard can play. Yeah, got it. It's um, good. He had uh, seven catches for seventy-three yards. Yeah, I think if they get a receiver in the draft, this team can this team can do some stuff. They've still got some players on defense. Maybe even free agency trades. There's a few players that'll be floating around. It'll yeah, just be a matter um, of getting someone who can stay on the field. Unless they change the NFC East, I think they're in a great spot. So, really exciting times for Philly. Um, good on them for making it. Um, yeah, and it, feeling confident, Chaz, about Green Bay taking on Seattle. I'm yeah. feeling very confident. Um, I think it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be snowy. It's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones. There's going to be a bit of play action to Mercedes Lewis and Lazard. If we get those three factors going, then I think it's going to be hard to stop. Absolutely. Anytime you pull the Mercedes out of the garage. Yeah. You know, but, you're uh, doing you know, sickening. Yeah, exactly. And a few outs. Devontae Adams, a few five-yard outs. I'll have, uh, we'll have to. And LaFleur will be uh, absolutely frothing. <laughs> Jazz, let's move to uh, the final, the shocker of the weekend. It was New England hosting the Tennessee Titans in what might be the last game of a dynasty. Henry's done all the work to this point on his 26th birthday, and he's got a touchdown. Touchdown, Tennessee. You called it. Henry did all the work, and he got it again. How about that? All 75 yards on that drive picked up by Derrick Henry. It was the high-flying Tennessee Titans traveling to what used to be the dreaded Foxborough for this game. The Titans pulling off a stunning 14-13 victory in a classic. What I believe to be the game of the weekend. Yes, Josh Allen, you heard that correctly. Titans RB, Derrick Henry, and the Titans defense were the stars in this game. An era-defining win for Vrabel. And what everyone is asking is the end of an era in New England. It's a great question, Chaz. No uh, the scoreline was uh, actually 20 to 13 after Damn Logan it. Ryan pick six. But still, the, the game. I'm going to write I mean, that down was, for next week. <laughs> it was, get the scores. Get, yeah, get with the scores. I need Booger. It was, uh, it was over. It was over at that point, regardless. That was pretty much the score, 14-13. Um, mm. Tom Brady's last throw as a Patriot, a pick six. How question mark. fitting going to Logan Ryan? Ah, former Patriot. Also a former Patriot, but it was one of the weirder throws we've seen. We watched the game live, and he almost threw it in the middle of the field with like 18 seconds left, no timeouts. Logan Ryan takes it back. 
Game was over. Uh, what we appreciated the most was Vrabel's moves just oh. outside of the five minutes. Absolutely. Uh, Run us through Chaz. The, well, the, I actually the, forget, but what? No, he, was, uh, he was going to punt. Mm. It was fourth and ten, six minutes to go. But what Vrabel knew is that with only when there's over five minutes to go, if you take a penalty, the clock will continue to run. Vrabel, with a lot of confidence in his punter, Kern, the pro bowler, yep. decided we can take these penalties and we'll take different penalties. And ultimately, uh, the Patriots also jumped offside for one of the plays. They end up having three penalties in a row. They knock off about two minutes of game yeah, time. I think initially it was a delay of game. Then the Titans player was a offside, false start offside. offside maybe, and yeah. then the Pats player was offside. Encroachment. Yeah, and Bill Belichick's losing his fucking mind. Well, funnily enough, he did the same thing to the Jets early this year. He was smirking, and now... Yeah, but you do it to the Jets. It's like, uh, it's like dude, playing football against a younger brother. Like, it, does, it doesn't matter. You just fuck with him. Yeah, but I think uh, it was a great move. But let's let's focus on the game. The Titans, the story of the day was Derrick Henry. Oh, absolutely. Okay? 204 all-purpose yards. He was putting up Eric Dickerson numbers, and he was just a fucking bust. There's no other way to put it. Every time he got the ball, this Pats defense was shitting bricks. You want to talk about okay. the fridge. That's yeah, Derrick Henry. You yeah. do not want to tackle that dude. Coke machine with legs. But he was an absolute freight train and literally carried this team to victory. Um, Tannehill wasn't stellar. He had 72 yards, a TD and a pick. Talk not, of the town, AJ ideal. Brown, as I like to call him. Ah. One catch for four yards. Um, <laughs> Joe which, would have loved it. Which came as no surprise, you know, considering that Pat's secondary. But Derrick Henry absolutely proving his worth. This guy is just a freak of nature. And I love seeing him carry the ball. The, t- the Patriots didn't have an answer for him. On the Pats side, you know, Benjamin Watson was their leading receiver outside of James White. Ouch. Go back to the scouting report for that one. That's that's a serious issue. But I think it kind of summed up the loss for me in that it wasn't all on Brady. He has fuck all around him. And all this chat about, you know, it's Brady's last song and dance. I think you got to step back a bit and say, what was he actually surrounded by? Okay. He had Julian Edelman on one leg. He made one little cool little trick play. To make it, I think it was like 14-10. But overall, you know, Brady had Sanu, who pretty much was absent the whole game. Philip Dorsett. And I think this game, everyone's talking about the end of an era. Brady clearly doesn't want to, want to retire. Robert Kraft said we're happy to take him back. The question for me is, is one of them going to go? Is it Brady or Belichick? Is Belichick going to stay around and put up with this for another year? Because clearly Brady's not going to retire. So I just don't know whether both of them can stay in New England. I'd love to see him elsewhere, Tom Brady, on mm-hmm. another team. I think Belichick would be stubborn enough to say, this is my team, Brady can fuck off. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the next few months unfold. But the Titans heading to Baltimore, we love it. Like the Vikings to 49ers, they're pesky, and they can do a bit of damage. I agree. Uh, and we will get to the Titans because they deserve a bit of praise. Or I will get to the Titans again. A nice little wrap-up there with Derek mm. Henry having an absolute stellar day. But as everyone else... I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen with the Patriots. And it is so compelling. I am so keen to find out what it is. It seems the most logical turn of events will be Tom Brady coming back. The boys running it back. They get some receivers. All is fine. But in the event that Bill Belichick wants to move on, and he might, because if I'm Bill, I'm thinking about my legacy. I'm thinking about... Is it me? Is it Brady? I can do it on my own. I had Jimmy G. You made me trade him. Mm. I mean, look, Robert Kraft loves Tom Brady, but I don't think he's going to give up Bill Belichick for one or two more years 
of age 44, 45, Tom Brady. I think uh, Bill Belichick's still got another six to eight years at him. You got to imagine. Oh, of course. He's pretty old. I mean, mm. you've read Bill Belichick's book. How oh, long yeah. do you think he's got? The man's obsessed. He's not going to leave football. There There's no go. way. So There's absolutely no way. If they decide to move on from uh, Tom Terrific, I'd love to see where he goes. Bears, Broncos, Colts. Colts. Colin's talking Colts. Colin Coward. Colin Coward. Does he know something? He's confident. Uh, maybe, but. We like the Bucks. I also like the idea of seeing the Patriots with a different quarterback. I think Brian Hoyer can do it. I think I think Brady going. <laughs> I, think, I think Brady going to Tampa Bay is legit. I think they pull Matt Castle out of retirement. Yeah, he would look great in two thousand eight. Yeah. What's John Skelton doing? What's Matt Leinert doing? Get some of those Matty guys. Matt absolutely. Get some of those guys involved. I mean, yeah. I think Belichick would rather have that situation and see what he can do with it. Have Brady for another year. Absolutely. Christian Conda, EJ Manuel. It's kind of egotistical maniac he is. So Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler can do a bit. Brandon Weed. You know, see, give these guys a go. Give these guys a shot at the big time uh, and see what happens. Josh McCount. I mean, he delivered a great wild card performance. I think Is that's worthy of a contract. Bill Belichick. He says, I think, hey, I've had one 40-year-old quarterback. Why not yeah. try another one? Let's try Josh. Let's yeah. try Josh. Let's see what he's got. Five. What are you doing? <laughs> Come uh, out of retirement. Join selling, me. He's selling car keys. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Um, what do I personally want to see? I want to, nah, of course I want to see Brady with the Patriots. It's just, it's just such a weird thing to even comprehend Brady being on another team. Uh-huh. I think he's, he's just an historic, nostalgic kind of guy. I think he wants to stay in New England. Uh, but the way he sounded in the post game, he's like, you know, this guy, like, got to thank, you know, a lot of, thank a lot of people for this, for this experience and this organization. It almost sounded like a bit of a swan song, but like you said, even he doesn't know. Exactly. I think it's all conjecture, but it is exciting. We will continue to track it here on First Down Under. But Charlie, let's talk about these Tennessee Titans because although people are right to be concerned about the lack of offense, they were going against one of the better pass defenses in the league in the New England Patriots. In Foxborough, in drenching rain. Exactly. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I feel like A.J. Brown could definitely have a showing next week. Uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, whose secondary is pretty strong, but uh, you never know. I've just, got, know. I've just got a good feeling. I, I like this game. I, I think it's way more interesting than if the Patriots got through. And these Titans, like the Vikings, they're pesky as, and they've got a lot of self-belief. So, yeah, we, currently we've got uh, seven degrees in showers, Baltimore, Saturday night. So going to be a kind of a similar game. Mm. Titans-Baltimore. Could be good for Derek. Could be good for Derek. Could also be good for Ingram and, and Lamar. Lamar. A bit easy to bring down Lamar. Well, actually, no, it's not because he's more elusive. So, yeah. yeah, you got me there. You saw them against the Niners. Exactly the same kind of condition. So, it will be interesting to see. They will feed Derek Henry as many times as humanely possible. Uh, I love the Titans. I think this is another cracking divisional matchup lined up. Um, and it's so good to see the Pats out of it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It wraps up the wildcard weekend. We've got one final announcement. If you haven't heard it already, the Dallas Cowboys. Well, they've got themselves a brand new coach and reporting to us live is the man, the myth, the legend. Cowboys appear to have their new coach. Sources say that they are focused on hiring Mike McCarthy, the former Packers coach. They are currently in negotiations. Uh, thanks very much there, Ian Rappaport. Uh, Charlie, as a Packers fan, you'd be familiar with Mike McCarthy. Mm, very. Uh, how the 
Uh, the uh, Cowboys Nation, are they right to be excited? Are they right uh, to be concerned? Think... Obviously bringing in a great pedigree, having won the mm. Super Bowl a decade ago. Mm. <laughs> That's exactly right. Putting together some brilliant eight and eight seasons most recently. Yeah, it was interesting. Stephen A made a comment uh, and he said, yes, he's a Super Bowl champion, but what was the vibe like when he left? Aaron Rodgers pretty much said he couldn't, he didn't want to play football anymore. It was so bad. So to the to me that tells me that there's obviously some level of player angst around him. I think it's a safe hire. I don't think it's a great hire. I think it's a not bad hire. It's it's, it's fine. It's yep. serviceable. It'll get us to nine and seven, ten and six. We've been there for the last twenty five years. Bricks and mortar hire. Bricks and mortar. It's going to be the same shit with Dak. He'll feed it to Zeke heaps. But I don't know why they're not going after an offensive coordinator like a Shanahan or a McVay, someone different to maximize Dak. This is just back to the traditional coaching mindset. I don't know. I, for me, I'm not a fan. I think this comes down to Jerry Jones' age. I think he's saying, I don't have time for someone to learn how to be a NFL head coach. I need someone who can walk in and maybe be good. Now, I don't know if he's going to be good because the last few years in Green Bay, mate, they weren't great. And this this smells a lot like Jeff Fisher's hire in St. Louis. Here's a guy mm, who had a lot, watch of su- out there. a lot of success in uh, for Tennessee back in the day, back in the 90s. Let's bring him to... St. Louis, mm. and uh, yeah, they were a, a I think perennial 8-8 eight eight uh, team, and I think yeah. that's what Mike McCarthy could be for these uh, Dallas I think, Cowboys. I think Marvin Lewis is stiff. Uh, they brought him out there for all that hassle and for him to go back empty-handed. Who made him stiff? Who made him? I don't know, Robert Kraft. But I think it's uh, it's interesting to see. A lot of things are interesting on this pod. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we will wait to oh. find out. What uh, happens there? Mike McCarthy. You must be happy as a Philly fan, though. I am. Well, he's the second uh, fired head coach to be hired by an NFC East team. Ron Rivera, of course, joining. Will the Giants the kick up Garrett? That, that's the question on everyone's lips. Um, <laughs> it's either going to be Garrett or uh, Huey Lewis and the news. Yeah. Uh, so we will wait with anticipation, great anticipation, to see who the Giants are. Oh, absolutely are. great anticipation. And we will wait for four more games to be in the books. Yeah, uh, certainly will. Tuesday. <laughs> I can't wait. Jazz, uh, that wraps us up for the wildcard weekend. Of course, guys, hit us up on the socials. Uh, first down under with Zach and Charlie. See the ball, be the ball. Good stuff.